Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Teach Me Pokemon, the podcast. I'm your host, Corey, and along with my co-host, Jared, we're best friends, been playing Pokemon for a very long time. Pokemon trainers out in the Sinnoh region. <laughs> I know how to say that one. Welcome back to another riveting, exciting, exuberating episode of the Teach Me Pokemon podcast. Jared, you're there. You're having you're having some little internet issues, but you're good now. You sound great. So I'm excited. Are you ready to rumble? I'm ready to rumble. I'm uh, I'm feeling good. I totally guessed that you were going to say the Sinnoh region because <laughs> I know that you know the card and know how to <laughs> how to play it and how to properly say it. Uh, so I'm feeling great. I'm feeling predictive this morning. I am. Uh, I'm sitting on 1300 right now uh, on uh, Pokemon Live. Uh, I want to get to that 1320 so I can stay there forever until they reset the thing. And I was going to try playing one while we were doing this. That was going to be something I was going to surprise you with. But there's absolutely no way. I'd be, like, quiet for probably five minutes. You'd be like, are you okay? What's going on? It's fine. Right. I mean, Snorlax stall doesn't require much skill. Or <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just time consuming. That That's is, all it is. It's that just is, time consuming. That is awful. I'm very hurt by that. And uh, <laughs> we may have a guest later on in another episode that might also be hurt by that statement. So uh, we'll maybe play it back for him. Uh all right, dude, we're going to jump in. So this week's episode, we're going to talk about Charlotte. The regionals just happened. Going to uh, see if any of our predictions came true from last week. Get our thoughts on the results, and you have an educational moment for us, as always. always. I'm right. always out here educating, Corey. Those that cannot do teach. Those they, that cannot do teach. Yeah, you're a good teach. And you used to tell me that those who can't teach, coach. I think you've said coach. that. Coach. coach. <laughs> that's so that, that's, our, that's our breakdown. Uh, I had a very good seventh and eighth grade uh, <laughs> basketball team I coached. Those guys were really good. Um, all right. This is an interesting top eight. We had two players from Brazil. In fact, yeah. they took it down. Brazil took this sucker down. Uh, Vinny, is that, is, that, is that what we're, is that we're calling Vinny? Vinny, yep. Vinny Fernandez. Um, he might be from Brazil, Jared, but he was running a very familiar deck, uh, the Lost Tina which has been very strong of late. But then also Gustavo Wada, who is not an unknown player. This man, world champ, uh, incredible in the game. He finishes top four. Uh, 
you had a chance to watch some of the top eight here. What 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 stood out to you from from this tournament or from the top eight, the ones you watched? Yeah, um, what stood out to me was, and this is always true of top eight, but matchups mattered so much. Um, you had predicted going into this that they like just Sablezard could make a run, and I really think Sablezard got a bad matchup in the top eight. If you're looking at all of the matchups, you're licking your lips at some of these, and then you run into Ryan Miller's uh, Miradon. It's just like, oh, that can like that's that's not who you wanted to see. Mm. Like, give me anybody else. Yeah. But anybody that can accelerate prize cards against a single prize card deck, yeah. not your friend. No. Not your friend, man. Not your friend at all. No. So um I, I, I think that was rough. Um I was excited to see um Ross in there with his uh Roaring Moon. And um yeah, I was honestly surprised. The only thing was that, you know, for his Charizard being the day one most played deck and the day two most played deck, that we only saw one slide in. That mm. was that was surprising to me as well. Yeah. And then I was hurt. I was hurt to see um Arceus come in ninth because I'd been talking so much about Arceus and how much it can work into the meta as we see it. Yeah. And then I know you were sad with Calvin Connor uh yeah. coming in and not yeah. sneaking into the top eight. So no, I know poor Calvin. Not not surprised to see three lost Tina. <laughs> not surprised to see that in the top eight. Yeah. No, my hundred percent. My my takeaway was and, and you alluded to this was like you had Caleb in the finals on Charizard. Did did you look at where the next Charizard placed? Did you see it? it oh wow, twenty fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Now, then there was Nathan, David. So you you're following that. So twenty fifth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth. But then you got to go back down thirty seventh, fortieth. You know, and then there's another big gap, Jared. Like another huge gap, and you got to get to seventy third. So all that to be said, I mean. This deck is obviously the most played. People love Charizard, but that's kind of crazy, man. It just didn't have the day two showing that I think people are Correct. accustomed to um, on this Charizard deck. Do you think there's any reasons why, or do you think just Lost Tina is just throwing its weight around enough, and that deck just plays really well into Charizard? It it just does. Like it it has all of the things that we've talked about. It disrupts. It, it, it disrupts hand later in the game with Roxanne. It has path to the peak. It's hitting big numbers. And it's not just like, we. I think we often look at that deck and say like, it's it's Giratina. It's not. It's got Cramorant in there for early kills. It has Sublime in there to do the dirty work in certain situations. Like this, if we were talking about like Arceus Giratina, that's a much different game mm -hmm. than playing against Lost Box Giratina. So... On the whole, very comfortable saying it's the best deck in the format right now with the way that the meta shifted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, last week we talked about uh, should you get a coach and, and why and the goods, and the, the pluses and minuses of that. I've seen so many coaches this past like week or last three or four days offering up lost Tina classes. Like, let me <laughs> coach you. <laughs> let me let me coach you on lost Tina. Uh, I think it's super fascinating for a deck that's, you know, been around a minute. This isn't like brand new. Uh, and now I don't know. It's just seen it's it's like second, maybe third wind here. And now people are like, "Come on, pay me! I'll teach you." Uh, 
do you think and I would want to go back to this real quick because I had an, an analogy to throw at you and I, you know we we watch the NBA we're, we're we're sports fans and I think Alex Shemansky going into this like he had the road to win. Uh, if if there if FanDuel was taking odds here, Jared Alex would have been minus three hundred. Like I, I think yeah. I, it, to to win the tournament once top eight started. So he, it, that reminded me of the Eastern Conference playoffs last year. Milwaukee, number one seed going into the playoffs. Then you got then you got Miami. You got the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler, like the, this team, like they don't care about the regular season, but they hit the playoffs. Ryan Miller, the eighth seed. Now, did Giannis get hurt? Yes. Okay, and that's <laughs> and that's why Miami beat him. But Alex would admit he made some boo-boos. He made some misplays. So Ryan gets the upset. It's like Miami upsetting upsetting the Bucks. Now the difference was Ryan, you know, that Milwaukee made it to the finals. Ryan did not. But uh, I won't add that part to it. But anyway, that I think you're right. That was an upset. Alex had the road paved. But that is a tough yeah. one with iron hands and all the things that um, that Maridon. Miradon, what do you call it? Miradon? I think it's Miradon. Miradon, I don't know. My, my son yells at me when we play, and I don't say <laughs> it perfectly. So maybe yeah. we'll get him on the show. But yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with that. I, the numbers, the, the numbers hit just perfect for Sable Zard into Lost Giratina Lost Box. Like mm-hmm. it, it's right there. You can cycle that Charizard so hard. Yep. And I, I, I think we will see more of it. Although I was sad that really um, our predictions from last episode didn't pan out the way that we had fully predicted them. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say glass half full. Um, you know, I said Sablezard and you had Alex and then you had um, Meng, Meng Yuang. Coming uh, in. Clearly the best name in the whole tournament. Uh, two Sablezards. So there was two of those did better than the one Charizard. So, or, you know, there was one Charizard, two Sablezards. So that was. You know, I'll maybe tip my hat a little bit there. And I did have, I did have one Iron Valiant Ente in top sixteen. Uh, there you go, uh, Mister Daniel. There you go. There. Yeah. So, uh, not as much lost zone though as I was hoping. Of of more of it, just the Kyogre speed, Sablezard. Where, where where were you guys? Come on, Charlotte. I needed you, baby. So yeah, but your Arceus was, was spot on. Arceus was in there. Arceus was in there at ninth. Arceus yeah. was in there at thirteenth. Yeah. Like yeah. they just uh, cards didn't fall the way that they probably needed to. But both of those variants, I believe, still running the Reggie. You know, I was pitching a little bit more of a rogue. Yeah. These people are clearly smarter than I am. Stuck to the Arceus Reggie, <laughs> um, and and had a lot of success with it. Yeah. I was let down by um, by Lugia. And I'm I'm scanning this real quick because I was tracking. I told you that there was a Lugia that was doing very well in day one, and yep. I was I was tracking. And I was like, dude, come on, baby, top eight. It's and, here. Come and, on, and, show and, me. And I am like, unless I just missed it, I I'm yeah, not, it didn't. It did not day two. Oh my gosh, that's awful. There wasn't one that your your two. your Zorark box had one deck sneak into day two, but Lugia Ooh, did not. Zora box. Oh yeah, just so much potential there. Oh. So much potential. Here's here's what I want to ask you though. Um, and we we see this every single year, in my opinion. This this entire year, if you've been listening to our podcast, what have we been saying? This is a great meta. Look how many different things and such the variety that you see in top eight and in day twos. But all good uh, metas must come to an end, Corey, because at some point without a new set coming out, 
the best players figure out what the best deck is. And then you're not seeing so much of a tweak in Pokemon as I think you are in some of the supporter trainer lines. So my question is, is like, have we for this season of Pokemon up in two worlds? And obviously we have another set coming out. We know that. But if this, if worlds was tomorrow, have we seen the best? Like is Giratina the best deck right now, hands down? And if you want to have a, the best chances, not a guarantee, but the best chances to win a tournament, should you be practicing that? Yeah, I mean, you 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 get a you get a benefit both ways, right? When you're when you're using the best deck in the format, is you're you're playing the best deck, right? So maybe at the end of the day, you're just like, "Yep, I'm gonna tweak it up, add my one to two different techs in here that make me stand out a little bit, and I'm gonna run it and have it be kind of my own." But I already know this is the best deck, so you feel good about it. But then the other side is you you play it all the time, so now you know it, right? So if you do end up going with something different, you've played that deck so much, you know what your opponent's doing. Like I think I say this a lot. It's like in your in your head, in your brain, when you're playing against someone in a tournament, you're kind of playing for them, right? In in your mind, you're right. like, okay, then they're gonna do this, okay, then they're then I'm gonna do this, and they're gonna do this, and you know, like you're kind of already playing for it, and you always play like worst case scenarios, right? And so then, so. But it's a lot easier to do that when you know what their deck is supposed to do. And if you don't, you're kind of guessing. So, yeah, man, I think it is beneficial. I think if Worlds was tomorrow, you you probably need to be practicing the most on whatever the best deck is. And that's probably Tina. And then if you still want to pivot, that's fine. You know, that practice isn't wasted. Uh, but that would be better than just like grinding, you know, Golden Go, which is probably what some Japanese players would play and probably do really well. And you'd be like, what the heck? I should have played it. But it's like, dude, come on now. So, you know, yeah. I, so I, I think I, I would. I'd probably take the top four. I mean, you'd probably just want to play all of them just so you know those matchups in and out. And then if you're like us, then you pick something rogue after that, Jared. You just say, okay, what what can counter all this stuff? And uh, you roll with it. So that, that's what would happen. That's what we would do. But that's yeah. what we would. 100%. That's what we would do. But it's just always struck me over time, like back when we were playing people people knew some variant of Zorark was the best. And then it was just a matter of tweaks and this and that to figure out the best Zorark deck or the best uh, uh, via 2007 to 2009, the best Gardevoir Gallade deck. Sure. Um, yes. The best uh, Lux Chomp deck. The best, uh, yeah. well, you know, it didn't happen that year for uh, when Avino won and stomped out all of the little... Uh, what what was that deck uh, that was running the, the, rampant? The Greninjas? Wait, no what? the 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 little uh, the little spider, electric spider, oh, and the... uh, um, uh, lo- uh... <laughs> I can't think of it. Where, where it did it did more ba- damage based on how many there were. Yeah, right. I can't remember. But similar uh, to that, like blanking. it's it seems like Meta's break. <laughs> it seems like Meta's break to yeah. a point, and then there is a clear best deck yeah and and for for the past year year and a half that's happened in between tournaments but not tournament to tournament and now we're seeing it tina's been the best tina's been the best or it's up there and it's close and i'm i'm wondering coming into knoxville mm-hmm. here not this weekend but next weekend are is it just going to be another tina fest yeah uh probably uh <laughs> i i think because <clears throat> You know, when we talk about adding these tech cards, 
in in reality, you you take a step back, and and I know you know, it's like lead actors, right? They always get the everyone remembers the movie with the lead actor, right, Jared? You know, Titanic, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. But poor Comfy, like poor Comfy, does all of the heavy lifting in this deck, right? Giratina comes in at the end and cleans people up, but poor Comfy. Without the Comfy, this deck doesn't work. It doesn't get cards in the Lost Zone. It, it it doesn't let you draw cards in the mechanism that it works. It's all about the Comfy. And so these are these all should be called Comfy decks. Really, there's just like <laughs> Comfy finished first. Comfy Tina. Comfy Tina. Four Comfies in the top eight sounds a lot better, right? Like dang, Comfy man, Comfy's owning. And so because of Comfy, it allows these decks to have so many variations. So, yes, Tina is probably going to be it again. But because you can, like, you there's room in here to, to move things around and take this out and put this in. And so, yeah, I, I just – and, it and, you know, I know – maybe I need a coaching session and don't roast me for saying this. But, like, I don't think it's the most complicated deck to play. Like, yes, you have to make decisions about what to not lost zone because you're never getting it back. But, I mean, it's a very, like, straight line for what you're doing, right? Decks are teching against you. You are just doing what you do as Lost Tina. Right. And, again, not a knock. You know, a lot of Lost Zone through its entire regionals. I'm sure Vinny is probably like, dude, I just played, like, 18 rounds of this. I don't know what you're talking about. But um, it's hard. But, anyway, that would be my take on it. You know, Gustavo Wada, like, hands down, probably should talk about him. You know, top four with Gardevoir. How did that man not get 19 ties throughout this tournament is impressive. So, I don't know. I think there will be a lot of Tina, though. Because what's the next one? Knoxville? You're going. We got Knoxville. We're going to be there. We're not We're not going to be – we're going to be side of it. And I think we've talked about this a little bit before. But yeah. definitely going to be walking around. Definitely going to be watching the stream a little bit that's there. Yep. Um, and just trying to, to see what's going on. I was thoroughly surprised, and I mean, I'm sure the numbers were in, but I wasn't maybe playing as close attention to this. This was, again, the largest regional scoring. Yeah. Over 2,000, I think it was, what, 21, over 2,100 players in this. It's just, wow. And Knoxville, I believe, got capped harder. We won't see Knoxville be bigger than Charlotte. That's okay. Um, but just still just super excited for how popular this is running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I think that's big time. Um, can, can I go back to something real quick? I just looked this up. Please, right? please. Can I go back to something? Th- this was impressive. Gustavo, I-, I said 19 ties. How many ties do you think Gustavo Wada had in his run to top four at Charlotte? I think I saw on screen he had Zero. Zero. He had zero when he, when they showed his record Jeez. on stream. I remember looking at that and being like, "Wow, how is that possible?" Wow, I mean Raymond Long, who got eleventh, had two ties on Guardy. Andreas twenty third had three ties. I'm just looking at the top ones here. I, I want a coaching session from Gustavo. Forget Los Tina. Start yeah. practicing your Portuguese. Let's go. <laughs> I think Let's I know some go. some Spanish. I think that some of it translates over. That's mm-hmm. no okay, not at all. Doesn't, he, doesn't make sense. I don't. I, you're you're the you're the bigger guard of our player here. So this is what I'm curious about. I'm wondering, looking at his list, I'm not seeing anything crazy. Except, does traditional guard of war always run both the Manafi and the Jirachi? 
Mm. I feel like I'm I'm accustomed to only seeing them in Nappy. Yeah, it, it, before, I think now that you have all the Tina, you you have to fit you have to fit the Jirachi in. Like it, you'd be you'd be a madman not to do that. Now I I do think uh, back in San Antonio. You know, I I didn't have Jirachi. I just had Manafi, and that was I that was the correct play. There wasn't as much lost zone back then. Now, if there was a bench Pokemon that could have helped me against Maridon, that would have been really nice. But there isn't. So, uh, as far as Guardy uh, goes, but yeah, I, I think he, he you had to fit that in, Jared. Um, you know, I think he cut some of these decks from two workers. He had one. He had one boss order. Normally, they have one boss order. That's normal. Um, the two stadiums, usually there's three. Uh, I think you'd cut a level ball, maybe a fog crystal. The two candies versus the three candies is always a debate there. So, yeah, I mean, you had to fit in the Jirachi. I think that's that's imperative in this matchup. The Mew is always interesting, too. If you go with the four battle battle VIP, you got to go with the Mew. Or that just that pairs, that parallels. I didn't run battle VIP when I did mine. Um, it was, like, based off a European build or something I saw where it was just the the nest ball but um yeah i think for this tournament you had to and i I bet gustavo probably played a really calm and cool game one you know would take took a lot of game ones clearly and then i think either just won game two or lost game two and then game three never maybe then um he gets it done really plays just real fast you know guardy can play quickly if you know what you're doing you you might make a couple boo boos because you're just going really quick, but uh, anyway, I just wanted to note that I think that was really impressive to not have any. Ties I, I like that on that deck. I like that a lot. I want to bring up one more deck that we mentioned earlier, and then we'll transition over to our education topic for the day. I think we have to talk a little bit more about Roaring Moon as an option into what we're seeing as the top two most played decks, which are Giratina and Charizard. I. I, you know, I've played Roaring Moon for a while. I like it. Um, do you think it really has a chance? We saw a huge conversion rate. This was not one of the top five most played decks in deck one. There were, what, 27 day two Roaring Moon players? Yeah. That is huge. That is a huge conversion rate from day one. Yeah. Is it? Is it just because it has the ability to take down the big guys? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it, it is, um, it's not Lost Tina, but it does have some of the same properties, right? And the only, of, of the Lost Tina. And I do like that it can, and we saw this, uh, not at Charlotte, but at Portland. I think on, I forget who was on stream, but it was Roaring Moon versus Tina. And they would just get to a point where if the, the Roaring Moon could pull out the Tinas before they evolve and knock it out with Calamity, uh, Calamity Storm. And so it could just get on top of the Tinas. And then if they did evolve, then you do have frenzied, frenzied gouging right. and you get the one shot. So, yeah, I think Roaring Moon, clearly, if more people were playing it, the stats say, now maybe those conversions, Jared, and it was really high. That was a crazy day one to day two. But maybe it was really good players, too, on this thing, you know, um, which does does always have some effect here. But, yeah, I mean, if just more people were playing it, I think it would have done really well because I think it does play into uh, Tina very well. You 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 feel fine against Gardevoir. You're hoping and praying you hit Mew. You know, like there's just some matchups where this thing can just steamroll over decks, and it's like it's like Maridon too, right? If you get that nasty turn one or turn two, you're good. If this deck kind of sputters, then maybe that's where the 
it faltered and not wasn't doing as well. Um, yeah, but, I agree. It does. It doesn't feel the two things I've noticed looking at the list is it, it doesn't feel this is not a comeback deck. Mm. Roaring Moon, does, it does not want to play from a comeback position. No, at all. And number two is it does feel it, it feels like it can deal with disruption a little bit because your primary attacker doesn't have any abilities. But Path to the Peak still hurts your ability to use Radiant Greninja, potentially Luminion, Galarian Moltres, um, even the Mew EX if you're low and you're trying to go, oh, that doesn't feel good. And then it super doesn't feel good if you don't have that second one ready to go and then you get hand disrupted, if you get judged, if you get Iono. So it, it, it feels like it's like this, um, I don't, it, it feels like a, it's a big, big hitter. But if, if you can survive the blow, you're going to be okay. If you can take the big hit from Roaring Moon, you're going to be okay. But if it pops off, you, there's no coming back from it. Yeah, there isn't. Um, I'm liking, you know, Ross had one emergency jelly uh, for the heal. Uh, Blake got top 16, had two of them in there. Uh, but then different, you know, from 14th place, Julio had none, you know. But then he's right. working in the canceling cologne. So there are some different ways about it um only you know jerry the only thing i look at i look at ross's list and i see i see what i see one switch cart one escape rope gg <laughs> gg ross you're gonna get stuck with <laughs> snorlax gonna stick you boy you ain't going anywhere but i mean we could if you really wanted to talk about that let's talk about why stall can't win what's the most popular strongest deck right now yeah. it cannot consistently keep up with tina it it can win especially when you're playing in online tournaments where you can see the deck list, <laughs> but it can't win when you don't know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, uh, Vinny here had the four switch carts, um, you know, which, which can be dealt with. The switch carts can be dealt with, but it's the four paths as well. And then the, and then the, the, the ones that turn the tide are the jet energies and you just can't, you can't get all of these combated at one time. Right. If your Sydney allowed you to discard any special energy and stadiums out of their hand, okay. But like, I can't tell you how many times I've done this. Sydney, and there's like three jet energies and two paths in their hand. And it's like, well, okay. I truly don't know what to do here. So, you know, uh, it, it, it's hard. You can't, it, you can't consistently. You can beat it. Stall can get through it. Um, what was, uh, let's pull up, um, Let's pull up Cal's pathway here a little really quick. Do you do you, do you know what he went up against? He he did he was top he finished tenth with Snorlax. His pathway. You know what? Uh he did lose to Vinny in the thirteenth round, the lost mm. Tina. But that was his only Tina he played. And you know, what are you gonna do? I mean, what are, you, what are you gonna do, man? Yeah, I mean, give me that pathway too, Cal. You know, so uh, uh, that's is, oh man, wow. Yeah, we talk about that. We talk about that as we talk about that a lot. It's so funny. Oof. Well, let's let's hop into our education moment because we are hovering around what I really want to talk about with you. Um, how? Here's what I want to ask you because I I feel like I have a sense of this. And one of these things is more fun to talk about, but I'm I'm titling our uh, education session. It's called M or M, Corey, M or M. And that stands for matchups or mistakes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Matchups or mistakes is our educational moment for today. 
And my question is, I want to focus on people who are younger in the game, newer to the game. Maybe you've only been playing a little while. What do you focus, what should be your focus as a player? Whether you're going to, let's say, like a, a small tournament or a regional, do you make your decision on the matchups, the Pokemon that you might see? Or are you running whatever deck that you want to run and you just need to be more worried about your own game and the mistakes and playing a mistake-free game? What do you think is the bigger learning lesson for that group of folks? Matchups or mistakes? For, I, I love this, by the way. And, and, and this was not prepped ahead of time. You were going to surprise me. So this is really good. I'm excited. So you're saying from the standpoint of like a junior player? Yeah, I've been, I'm thinking about my son. I'm even thinking about like, even when we, when we started, we were master's division. Yeah. But, but we, we definitely thought one way more than the other back in the day. And I'm, I'm asking you what, what is the right thing to focus on? Yeah. I, I mean, I would say nine times out of 10. I, and I, and I would love if other people disagreed with this, but I, I do think it's the mistakes over the matchups and, you know, I'll tell a quick story and then we'll go into this. So we go to Tom Bean. It's our first tournament ever. This was 2007. 2007. Some of you weren't even born yet to listen to this podcast. (laughs) And we're going up there. Uh, We were running basically enhanced theme decks, if you will. Right. Uh, We had got our theme decks. We bought some packs. You were running fire. You're right. You had Magmortar. Was running Fire Infernape, yeah. Oh, Infernape, Infernape. Uh, I I had some electric cards, so I had Electivire, the Electivire Level X back then. Strong move, Jared. 50 damage, uh, discard a tool, and then I couldn't be attacked next turn. Really strong. Just that would wipe. That couldn't even beat Comfy right now. Comfy had more (laughs) health than that move could do. And (laughs) so we go up there, and I'm on this electric deck, and I play into against this for this guy named Clay Carney, who, you know, if you were in Texas or played back then, Clay was a name. Now we didn't know that who that was. But I'm I'm playing against his Gardevoir. And I'm like, okay, like I don't really know, you know, and, and I didn't know he had a fighting guy in there, right? He had the Gallade that was fighting. But I'm I'm taking prizes. I'm like, I'm I'm up. I'm up to four to six in prizes. Let's go. And then he finally like brought the fighting guy out. And I'm like reading the card. And I was like, oh, geez, this thing does like 60 damage without having to flip anything over. And that like one shots me. And, and you know, and I'm weak to fighting. And so the matchup there for him, clearly he was going to win that no matter what. He could have made 19 mistakes and he still would have won that game because that's just the matchup, right? The weakness game is so is so hard. But for new players, it's the mistakes. I think if you go in and just say, look, play the game correctly, make sure you attach an energy every turn, play your supporter if you have one, make sure to do your sequencing, like do this first, like retreat correctly, all that stuff. Make sure to, to actually attack, use all your abilities. I'm thinking of our list we had for you, Jared, on the table there, had all your things you were supposed to do. If you don't, if you limit your mistakes, you will have a better chance of winning. And I don't, I don't care if it's a terrible matchup or not, just limit the mistakes. And I think that's what you have to, that's what you have to like drill into young, young kiddos, you know, your son, even new players to the game. If you're in college, like we were, when we were picking up the game, it, we just had to n- not make mistakes, you know, then you can start to take that next dive into 
understanding the matchup, good or bad. How do you counter this? Do you have a chance to win this matchup, right? All that kind of stuff. But I think if you don't have the basics down and just, you know, more nine times out of ten, I've used that nine times out of ten, seven out of ten, whoever makes whoever makes the least amount of mistakes is probably going to win, especially in the junior rank senior division, you know, maybe less there, but but still prominent. And then it's just new players. I think that's what at league and stuff like that's what I would preach to Elijah, your son, is it's like, don't make mistakes, just understand, read the cards. And I think that's what you said you liked about GLC for him because he doesn't know a lot of these cards in, in that format, so he's reading them all. And I think that that's awesome. Like, if you can get that down, that's really good. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. We spend a lot of time on this podcast at the highest level when we're recapping a tournament like we did we are talking matchups. Mm-hmm. We are talking cards versus cards, counters versus this, weakness, Pokemon ideologies of this strategy and that strategy. So, yes, but even at that level, one mistake can cost you. We saw that in the finals where mm-hmm. Vinny played his counter catcher, didn't realize prize cards were equal, and I think he had the better matchup, right? I think giratina into charizard more times than not i would pick the giratina but he made a mistake it cost him the game he still won the next two that's fine but i think even seasoned players would tell you mistakes over matchups matchups give you a chance they give you a chance but playing a clean game that is mechanically sound and follows the different lines and all those other things that we can talk about is going to win you more games. Now, take it back to what we were talking about, our younger players. I My my goal right now as a pokey dad is I don't think my eight-year-old son is ready to handle, like, I can't hand him Giratina and say, let's learn this. Like, all of the flowers selecting and doing this, the just the, the abilities alone would fry his brain mm-hmm. um, and would be a lot. So... What you and I have been talking off off podcast off podcast is let's find him a, a deck that maybe not be the strongest, but if he can learn to not make mistakes on this deck, he's going to start getting those wins under his belt. Then once you're used to the flow of not making mistakes, now you can pivot into matchups. Mm-hmm. Now you can work out all of these different angles and matchups. But when you're first starting, if you pick up a matchup deck and perform poorly on it, you're going to think something is wrong with the deck mm-hmm. and then want to make a pivot yeah. is my thing. And it's not, it's you and that's okay. It's you got to take your lumps and your bruises sometimes and keep losing before you get better. But if you can, I, what I've been trying to coach up is like, Hey, you, you totally remembered. He's been playing a lot of Chi and Pao. You totally remembered to uh, do, to get your Greninja at the beginning and, and get your draw two cards on that. That was great. I know you wanted to grab two Chi and Pals and start attacking me, but you remembered that you needed to draw. That's a big win for you. It's going to yeah. pay off. And and our matches, I'm not going easy on him, but our matches have been getting closer. He hasn't won yet. Yeah. I don't, I'm not just going to beat him the win, but yeah. he's been getting better and it's been getting closer. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you're doing a great job, I think, as a – as a dad with this, cause you, you, if you're just giving him free wins and he just thinks that's normal, then he goes to league and it's one, it, he probably would keep losing, but then two, he might make mistakes 
or get mad at this other player. Well, you can't, my dad doesn't do that. And it's like, well, that's what the car does or something. And if you were like trying to lose. So I think that's good, but you're, you're keeping his confidence up too, because I think that's something as, you know, as old as time with fathers and sons and sports or, you know, anything competitive where they're like getting on them really hard. And then they either like upset them or, you know, you, it doesn't, they're, they're not learning or whatever. And I think you're doing a good job of that because you're keeping him in it. He, he's excited for what you've told me. He still loves learning it. And he's like, Hey, I took five prizes. Like, that's great. Like, good. You know, it's not all about the fun there. There was at, at some regionals, there was this interview at Charlotte and this guy was like interviewing him. I think he's like a influencer or something. And, and the guy was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like one, one and four. And uh, the guy was like, oh, well, you know, at least you're having fun. And I'm just like, dude, I wouldn't want to hear that. Like, get out of my face. <laughs> oh, you're having fun. I'm not having fun. I'm one, one and four. I'm not having any fun, you know, but <laughs> for Elijah, it needs to be about having fun and, 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 and staying in it, like being positive and keep and keep going kind of stuff absolutely i love and that. he's so excited he's so excited to go to knoxville play in the side tournaments Good. we're doing the collecting so i think it's in the right direction but i will tell this story before we close out unless you have some other points that you want to make is when we started i did i gave him a good deck he was running arceus and then i put together from what the few cards that we had a very crappy psychic deck and and he would run me. All he had to do was get one Arceus up. Didn't matter if he used his V Star ability or the effect of the, the attack. He would just 180, 180, 180. And then he would win, mm. think that this is going. And then when we started going the league and that didn't hold up anymore, mm. he kinda so we really had to rethink yeah. how we're doing this and what is what is a win. Yeah. A win may be you made less mistakes. And I think that's how more people need to think it. If you can walk away Oh, and nine from something, but you know that you played better. Eventually, that oh, nine is going to turn into a two, seven, into a five, four. And eventually, you keep going with this, you're going to find yourself in day two. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, a win for me would be figuring out a way to get to Knoxville, fly in, do the Cal Connor, get in at 6 a.m. <laughs> Make day two and then fly back Sunday night. I mean, what? What? So it's my wife's birthday on Monday of that weekend. I mean, come on. Not Sunday. It's Monday. You know, I mean, it's like, then it doesn't matter that my birthday's on the Friday leading up to it. That doesn't matter. So, uh, you know, that would be a win for me. <laughs> that would be a win for me. We'll, we'll hopefully see you in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. We'll hopefully see you in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see June fifth. Let's go NAIC. Got we got to get the in or we got to get the registration. I'm I'm more worried about that. I think at this point than um, I am convincing my amazing wife that I want to go. So you know I've already started that process. But you know who knows with the way RK nine does that? Who knows if we'll get we'll get in or not? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Hundred anyway? percent. All right, good teaching point. Focus on not making mistakes. Cross the board teaching moment for everybody. Vinny, everybody. Vinny, all the way on down to Elijah. All of them. That's it. Don't make all mistakes. of us. Don't make. Don't mistakes. make mistakes. Make yep. make less mistakes. Win more games. There you go. Amen. All right. Well, that's really gonna that's gonna wrap us up today. Next week, our episode will be focusing around the lead up to Knoxville. We'll be looking around at other regional tournaments, online tournaments, to see if 
the tide will turn against Tina, Corey. I don't think it will, but we'll be making some predictions next week. Um, we'll be talking through some uh, some fun things. I already have our next two educational things lined out for us for the next two weeks. Um, a little a little preview if you're going to get excited. We're going to be talking about what happens at these side events oh. in our educational moment. I was surprised to learn in the last two weeks about how many different variations of tournaments that they're running in these side events. So I understand some people want to play competitively. Some people may want to be side event people. Some people just want to collect. Some people just want to show up, Corey, and just take a deep breath in and smell and know that with their eyes closed that they are at a Pokemon tournament. Uh, Some people want to do that. uh, So I wonder, like, if you'll go around and be like, hey, is your name Jared? Like, can I just sit in for you this one round? Like, I'll just, I'll just play your round, and and then and then I don't, and then I'll walk away. I promise I'll get you a W. But my name's Jared. It's somewhat okay, you know. And then just play and just see if you can convince one person of that. I'm sure you could. Hey, just go to the bottom tables. Table one. Table, table one. <laughs> <laughs> table one. I was thinking more like, uh, table four ninety seven. You know, maybe yeah. uh, probably lower than that. Seven forty six. So, all right. Well, that sounds good, my friend. We'll catch you next time on the Teach Me Pokemon. This has been Teach Me Pokemon. We'll see y'all next time. Let's go. Sinnoh TMP. TMP. You can find us at roguemedianetwork.com. Teach Me Pokemon podcast. Come and dive with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.